0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: And welcome, in everybody, to the Landry Football Podcast for this Wednesday, May 25th. uh, Boy, the time is flying by. We have going to make it a special. We rarely do one-topic-type shows here as we cover a lot of different things. But probably... um, the topic that's gotten, that's gotten the most play in football, certainly in college football, uh, has been the dust-up between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. And it was suggested that I spend some time talking about it, considering my relationship with both, knowing both of them very well. Uh, I'll get into that, how and why, and actually recommend it. Uh, That Nick Hiram back in the LSU days. So we're going to get into that and give my thoughts on it and get into more issues of what's going on in college football and kind of tie it into what's happening here. So we've got uh, that as the topic of the day and we appreciate those of you that are um, watching and taking part in what we're doing. We certainly uh, want you to to join us here. Uh, as we mentioned last time, a couple of weeks ago when we were on, we're part of the No Filter Network now, and we're excited about being here and In invite you to join us uh, each and every week. And I say each and every week, as you know, uh, this time of year with the mini-camp schedule and camp schedule, um, it may be the next show we'll do is June 15th, so that's going to be in a couple of weeks. So we'll... Do that mostly uh, until July and then things will settle in to more of a weekly um, format. But we'll let you know. That's the great thing about it is we'll let you know. You can sign up and remember we're going to have this free edition at 11 a.m. Central to about 12 noon uh, Central uh, where we'll do a show. Um, And one of the things that we will... um, do is provide you a lot of information, uh, and we will lead into the twelve noon show, which we're going to start probably in uh, in July or August. Not sure yet. Where it'll be a, a pay per view. Will be a special uh, edition of what we're doing. So excited to, to be with you as we are brought to you by Athletic Greens today. I got to tell you the. Uh, Athletic Greens have just done a tremendous job for me. I can't wait to tell you more about it. Uh, prove my gut health and everything that has taken place. So we appreciate you uh, being with us today. So uh, a couple of things to, to remind you to. Um, we've got a lot of stuff on LandryFootball.com. We don't go away on LandryFootball.com ever. Um, position by position grades of NFL players. Uh, notebooks. Uh, Same thing with college football. A lot of different things going on there. So uh, check that out Um, uh, at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the uh, yearly savings. So as we all know now, it's been a week um, as we're doing this show live on Wednesday, the 25th. It was exactly a week ago. Nick Saban speaking to a bunch of boosters, a bunch of backers, um, discussing a number of things. And I don't know that uh, people are aware of it, but it was not, this was not the topic, this was not something that was expected to come up, but it was, the last question in a long series of discussions about any number of things. This is the only thing that, <laughs> rightly so, got got uh, the interest of folks. And Nick Saban came out and said, you know by now, that Texas A&M bought every single player. We didn't, and they finished one and two. You, you know what he said at this point. A couple of things I want to say. I'm not here to take up for either one. I'm not here to slam either one, but I'm going to tell you my view on it. And quite frankly, I don't think it was the best moment by far for either one of them. I'm going to try to get into the nuances of knowing them, what I think what was going on and what they were trying to do. Nick Saban... Um, Always has a message and a method, but he doesn't always do it in a smooth fashion. And this was a case. Um, this was something that he wanted to express to the a lot of, and remember who the audience was. Not this weren't just average Joe fans. These were influential business people with a lot of money. His message was Look, we have had great recruiting classes. But, with the landscape changing as it is today, I don't know that this is sustainable. I think we're going to have to do things differently. We're going to have to spend more money because look at what's happening out there. Other people are spending money, and if we don't spend money and do it this way, we're not going to be one or two in recruiting anymore. I think he clearly, in my mind, was out of line invoking Texas a name. Why? Well, first of all... Anytime you have to go and apologize for what you said or you feel you need to apologize for what you said, then you probably sh- you shouldn't have said it. That's by definition what you're saying. You're not able to prove what A&M did or didn't do and really look bad by saying all you got to do is read it in the paper. Well, no one knows more than what's on the paper and specifically on the internet, it's not always true, you've got to consider the source. So that's a bad look for doing it, and I think he stepped over the line, or stepped in it there. Look, we can all believe what we believe. Um, and I'll get into A&M in a second. But, I think he stepped over the line. But his message was, look, this is how it's going now. And this is how they got their class, and we're doing it this other way, we're not going to be able to do this going forward. That was the message. And he went to, I think, would have been better if he said, look, there are folks that clearly are using this for recruiting, and that's the other thing I would like to say. People say that, well, Texas A&M did nothing wrong if they used it in recruiting, they did do something wrong. That's something that I can tell people, and I can't blame you because it is difficult. Nobody understands the rules. Technically, the rule is you can't get an NIL deal until you're on campus. And so if you're using it in the recruiting process, it is illegal. But folks, as I said long time ago when this started, Everything is used in recruiting. So this is a fine line. You come here. These are the N-I deals that are available to you. And it that message is given to you by a third-party sports agency. Is that using it as an inducement in recruiting? Of course it is. Technically, the coach is not doing it. Technically, not anyone officially from A&M is doing it, but somebody that is working on behalf of the university is. So, I mean, that's a gray area that you can sit there and say, I knew nothing about it, and all that, and more on that in a second. And it's a bunch of hogwash. Because clearly, you absolutely are looking at a situation where you're using it recruiting everything. Everything is used in recruiting. How the performance on the field, what you can do, how you can do it, academics, you know, pro potential, competing for titles, I mean longevity of the coach versus another coach's contract status, all those things are a big part of it. Let's get in now. So again, from Sabin's standpoint, that was his message and maybe where he was flawed. I don't think he meant it to be personal, but it was personal. Jimbo Fisher clearly meant it to be personal. I mean, he took it, and he made it 100% personal. Uh, In in some regards, he looked a little bit unhinged. He looked... I, I hate to say this, and this is... This is a piece of advice and I've shared this with I haven't been able to speak to Jimbo but the way he protests about what didn't happen almost suggests that he's guilty. That's no proof of anything. It just, I don't know whether he is or isn't but it sounds like he's guilty. To take hot shots at a guy that's a proven coach that, quite frankly, had a lot to do with Jimbo's success early on in development, Um, I thought was out of line. I I get it. You're frustrated. You've dealt with this before. This is not the first time it has happened that shots have been thrown across as what you've done. Um that's an ego involved and now you take a shot at me I'm going to do one better you know I'm going to insult you a lot more there's a difference in personality I know them both Nick is polished Nick is methodical as I said sometimes makes mistakes even when he knows what he wants to say he knows what his message is Jimbo is a um, more off the cuff more reactionary. Um, They're both from West Virginia, but their personalities are different. Okay, of course. I mean, just because you're from the same place, you're not going to have the same personality. But one's a more polished guy, and another guy is more of a, you know, I'm going to fight you, and you say this about me. I'm going to double down on that and say 10 more things in addition to what you said. And I think Jimbo is trying to fight for respect. I think Jim Bull feels like he's not getting respect. I think they have gone above and beyond it, Texas A&M, to say that they didn't do this and they didn't do that. And I've been asked, hey, Chris, did A&M do anything wrong? Well, I believe that A&M did by letter of the law what is allowable. Meaning they, coaches, Texas a and officials did not offer them an NIL deal, but third-party agencies, they hired a sports agency that is putting together everything, and they their, their, their put together a corporation where my money's going in, part of the collective, you've heard that term now. So if I tell you, and we got our good friends Richard and Tony, um, by the way, those are, I don't know if anyway. Tony says the audio has some static. I don't know it's sounding here and there. Is anybody else hearing that? I don't know. Uh, maybe on your end, maybe on my end. So please let us know if you're listening. If if you um, listen to us live and you're hearing some static, not that there's anything I can do about it, but uh, I'd like to know. Um, it, if if I tell you. Um, That if you come here, this is what you can likely look to get. This is what we've put together. You know, if you say that, you are in trouble and in violation of the rules. However, if you have a third party, a collective, that calls and says, look, this is what we're doing at Texas a and and you come here this is what we've got this is what we can do is that any different well it is and it isn't it's not real it is using it in recruiting but it is not something that um, technically gets you in trouble so I think those are a couple of things to keep in mind that, you know, there's been reports and Jimbo came out later and said 11 players on campus from that signing class, only one of them and an NIL deal. I've checked into that. That's not true. It technically is true. Only one of them that's on campus is currently receiving an NIL deal as we speak, but the others all have deals that haven't started yet for various reasons and there are different agreements and contracts you can put in place with the young man. So that's technically being very disingenuous, saying um, no, he does not have a deal. Well, he doesn't because it doesn't start to two weeks from now. You know, because even though he's on campus, he's got, you know, there's some requirements in the NIL deal that he's not able to fulfill. Um, You know, so... I think those are the things that um, to keep to keep in mind. Um, a couple of things. Richard asked, what did you make of Sabin's taking a shot at Deion Sanders and what he said about him? Look, again, I don't think, uh, speaking of anybody, speaking of A&M uh, and speaking of, of Jackson State's, um, not the right thing. Let me also say this. Let me address that since it's been asked. Uh, there's this talk that Jackson State, uh, the, the young man that was signed by Jackson State does have an NIL deal. It's making a base of $250,000 with potential to earn another 400000 So the whole thing about, well, he only went to Jackson State because it's an HBCU is bunk. No, Deion Sanders and Jackson State are not giving him the money. I mean, it's coming from Barstool and some other deals that have been put together. That's what Dion is doing. He's using his connections in the marketing end to get deals for some of these guys to come. You know, so to say we're not paying them, that's plausible denial. No, Dion's not paying them. Jackson State's not paying them. But somebody else is. There's an NIL deal. So you've got to understand that people tend to say, well, they're paying them. Texas A&M's paying them. Jackson State's paying them. The coach is paying them. No, they're not. A collective is doing it. And most people say, well, what's the difference? Well, there's a technical difference. But there's not a, it's semantics. And so I get that. So that's where we are with it. Um, As far as, going back to Fisher's comments, I, I think they were uncalled for. I think it was over the line. Um, Again, I think it showed more about Jimbo and some of the problems that he's had. Let me just say this. Um, I've been around Saban, I've been around Jimbo. He said a lot of people um, don't like working for Saban. True. Saban's tough to work for. He's demanding. But let me just tell you that right or wrong, this is a fact. To this point, Nick Saban has never had any sort of show calls or any sort of NCAA infractions against him. Whether you think he, whether you think Alabama's clean or not, now I'm not saying that I don't think anyone's clean, but there's no question that um, he hasn't had that against him. Jimbo Fisher's had quite a bit of it, at Florida State, and he had a show cause at A&M in the early stages. So in terms of not a cheat, I'm not a cheat, I'm not a liar, you can define cheating, but when you are, and I don't think making a mistake in recruiting is necessarily cheating, but Jimbo's been around a while, And Jimbo's done what a lot of people have done and maybe even more so. So I think that is being disingenuous there. And the lying part, my goodness, I thought he lied three or four times in his rampage. I don't know anything about this stuff. That's BS. He knows all about the collectives. He knows all about how it's run. It all is run through the compliance office. He knows every detail. It's plausible deniability. And that's what he's doing. Because he knows that if anybody does anything wrong, like and and I don't know that, that AM has misstepped in any way with their collectives in any of their deals. But if they have, then I didn't know anything about it. I said way back then, I don't know, that's handled by somebody else. He knows, and he's responsible because even though he's not doing it, he absolutely has to know and and acting like he doesn't know anything is a lie in another chap. So I think that Jimbo is very disingenuous there. Um, I'll say this: that the people that have worked with Nick and with Jimbo, obviously there is a tremendous respect for Nick Saban, among guys that have coached with him. Again, not everybody likes him. He's not Mr. Personality, and he is hard to work for. He's very demanding. Jimbo is not nearly as respected. Um, You you know, I I, I think any time you have someone that has a huge ego, and both of these guys do, but one of them is like the greatest of all time, and one of them is someone that people say is underachieved and is very overrated as a coach. Now I think that's, you know, that can be taken either way. I, I think that of the two, if you were to say who's the most liked, probably amongst the guys that have coached with both of them, I, I, more guys probably like Saban. I think there's a lot of. Rubs people the wrong way, you know, feeling that have worked with Jimbo Fisher. So I don't know that that is a fair statement, but in terms of being tough to work with, there's no doubt about it. There's not the same level of respect for Jimbo Fisher um, as there is for Nick Saban. Um, I've been asked, bottom line. Chris, has this recruiting class by AM been paid for? Well, I can't prove anything. Do I think it has been? Yeah, I do. I, you know, but I think it's been done within the rules. And people say, well, you can't use it in recruiting. Yeah, you can't. But because there are no rules and there are no stipulations, AM took advantage of that. Good for them. No different than taking advantage of on the field rules. Hey, we're gonna go up tempo and they're not gonna call downfield blocking. Let's go up tempo ourselves. That's smart. That's smart on AM to take hey, they don't have any real rules. So what we'll do, we'll button things up. I believe they have buttoned it up, and I believe they've done it the right way.
0: But have they
1: basically told all the guys in their class through collectives, through this sports agency, that this is what You can expect to get once you come here. Have they crossed their T's, dotted uh, their I's? Yes, I believe they have. I think people are, or I think A&M, let me start there, is more concerned about trying to get credit for a great recruiting class as if name, image, and likeness had nothing to do with it. And you are not going to sell that to anybody. Because I just think that's the world we live in today. I I believe that everyone's going to have to have some sort of collective to get the high-level number of recruits that you're going to need to compete at the championship level. And I think A&M is doing it. Uh, Are they working in that gray area? You bet. Because there's no lines there that Clearly, can define the black and white, uh, and and I think that A just just out in front of everyone, and we'll see if they're going to stay out in front doing that or not. But the whole trying to and the A M media, the A uh, and fan base, trying to say we didn't do anything, huh? You didn't do anything wrong. Correct. You didn't break any rules. You weren't technically wrong. But you also made NIL deals for all those guys. And that oh, one of 11, that is A, bad reporting. You don't know the details, or you know and you don't want to say, or you don't want to know, whatever. But there's all those guys have deals in place. And so, uh, from, from what my understanding, can I prove it in writing? No. But my understanding, through the sports agency that they dealt with, that that's what they're doing. That's what they're putting in place. Now, I don't think it's all the same deal. I think it varies. Um, but but they but my understanding is that they do. And I think all of them. I think everybody in these big time programs going to all the players are going to get something. What? Don't know. How much? Don't know. When does it start? When it's going to vary again with a lack of a organization it's it's a big big problem um, so i think that nm's not going to be the only one doing it they've just done it first they've just done it the best at this point um, in you know i think that representing a university is one thing and that's where I think the collectives and having a booster involvement is opening it up a Pandora's box. We're going to get into more of that in a second here. Um, but I want to tell you about my good friends at Athletic Greens. Um, I've been using them for a few weeks now. And I started taking AG1 because I wasn't, uh Having as much energy as I had uh, been accustomed to in the past, um, you know wanted better gut health, I wanted to lose some weight, I wanted to get that more energy I wanted to improve the immune system, although I've been fortunate to avoid some of the illnesses and the viruses that are out there and I hate taking pills and vitamins I have to take some, but you know I wanted something that would taste well that would work, but that um you know, provide everything in one item as opposed to a bunch of taking a whole bunch of vitamins. This tastes well. I've been on it for several weeks now and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It tastes like something you drink uh, that tastes well. It's got a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to taking each morning. What's in it? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, Whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogenes to help you start the day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all those things. So I, I really, really like it a bunch. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. Simple as that. They provide you the scoop. They provide you the travel packet so you don't have to bring the, the canister if you don't want. They bring you a bottle that is great to unscrew it, put the scoop, put the water in, shake it up in the bottle, and drink it. You just can't get any simpler than that. So it's time to reclaim your health. And arm your immune system with that convenient daily nutrition that I speak of. It's one scoop, as I mentioned, and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packets with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash... Landry in all caps. So that is athleticsgreens.com slash capital L-A-N-D-R-Y. Again, that's athleticgreens slash Landry to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So I want to get into what's going on and what's happening in the recruiting, you know, um, world right now and how this is being played. A couple of questions. Tony that is joining us says, what do you make of both coaches saying maybe the government needs to get involved in setting some rules? Well, Tony, here's the problem that's going on. Right now, it's all being regulated by states. So if you're in Texas, you're in California, you're in Florida, you're in Pennsylvania, you're in Ohio, they have different rules. That's going to make it virtually impossible to deal with college athletics, recruiting, NIL, all of this, it's its just, it's going to be chaotic. Look, we've taken college football and made it more towards pro football. So, what has to be done in my view is we're going to have to have some sort of a streamlined, organized, um, collective bargaining agreement, much like the NFL, with college players and uh, institutions. Um, And I think it needs to be sports-specific, but I think that you have to have a general idea. You have to have an agreement. Anytime that you do get into any business relationship, this is what's expected of you, the employer and the employee. Um, they've tried to not use, well, they're not employees, because then it brings, I get that, but for the term of they're going to earn a scholarship, they're going to earn money, it is not going to stop, and the naivete or I would say the outright stupidity of people that thought, wait a minute, let's have an NIL deal and let players come in and you know, we're not going to give them any money, but they can make money on their own. Hey, eh? so be it. No skin off our back. We'll throw that. Do you not think that you're going to have certain institutions that are going to say, okay, we're going to make sure that they get money and The players don't need to seek money from a business. The businesses are going to say, we got a deal for you, and Maybe you make an appearance here or there. Maybe you do some very minimal things. And we're going to take care of you. It's going to be paying money over the table. Well, of course that's what's going to happen. Anybody that's listened to me, have heard me when this first came up, that's exactly where it was going to go. And of course that's going to be explained to you by someone Maybe detached from the university, but representing the university in an unofficial capacity to make it legal, but to also let you know that you come here, you're gonna make money. It'll start with, well, everybody's gonna make fifty thousand or whatever the money is. Then you could again, how's everybody gonna do it? Well, there are no rules. There's no stipulations. So you you have to have rules, right, in anything. You have to have laws. I mean, everything requires that to some degree in any form of life, any form of business. This has been thrown out as nobody's minding the store. So everybody's coming up with a different way to go about it, a different way to do it. And some are going to do it better than others because you don't have the guidelines. You don't have the guardrails. You don't have ways to do that. So somebody's going to go and do it again. Do I think AM is, you know, paid for their recruiting class? Absolutely, they did, but they did it legally within the rules, from what I can tell. And but it's not the spirit. Well, what's the spirit of the rules, Chris? Uh, you know, you know, I, I get asked. There's no spirit, Chris. They need to go, and they need to limit this. Too late for that. You know, once you see as a student-athlete, they've got the upper hand now. Once they see that they can make X amount of money, you're not going to say, oh, we're going to limit the amount you're going to make. The hell with that. They're not going to allow that. And you know why? Because they, with their lawyer, can go sue, and there's not a court in this country that's going to rule in favor of the NCAA because they have no guidelines and it's unconstitutional to have a student-athlete be limited to what they can make. You can't do that legally. A student that maybe finds an invention and makes a $10 million cannot be kicked out of school because he does that. In fact, he would be applauded for it. Again, I'm not for what's going on in college athletics. I am against it, which is why I said a long time ago we should have a plan in place when the whole... Uh, Impetus of players should be making money. Players are taking advantage, which I don't agree with. Once that started to come out, the NCAA should have said, look, and, and the powers that be, not just the NCAA. The powers that be should have said, we're going to increase the amount of the stipend. We're going to we're going to put some things that's going to make it better for the student athletes. But Let's go ahead and form a collective bargaining agreement where we can do that. The players would have loved it because they weren't allowed to make any money and they're saying, hey, we're going well, to let's, let's form an agreement. You form a, a union and somebody that would head up college players and we're going to pay you money, money that you're not getting now. That would have worked great back then. Today, it ain't going to work. You know why? because they're already getting more than what you want to put in the deal. You can't go back. You can't put the genie back in the bottle, folks. So I think what's going to have to happen is they're going to have to have some regulatory guidelines of what they can do, what you get. Whatever is going to be done, and this is going to be allowed for these players to make money, there's going to have to be organization to it, structure to it. Maybe a breaking up of, you know, power schools into their own regulatory body and commissioners. You've heard me say before, the NCAA was never built for this. It was not for this purpose. And you've got university... The NCAA is its member institutions. So having a president of Michigan State that's heading up a committee where, you know, he's not going to spend more than 5% of his time on college athletics, nor should he. He's got a university to run. This should be made up of people that have their boots on the ground and are deeply rooted in college athletics. And each and every sport should have their own governing body that deals with specific sport issues. And I don't know where it's headed because I don't know where the leadership is coming from. Um, you know, I think those things are, uh, are going to be uh, explored, but I don't know how it's going to come out. Um, so, Tony, the governmental issue needs to be, you know, and I don't know that anybody's excited about having the government involvement in anything, but, but I think we need to figure out the antitrust legislation. We need to figure out where that is going or is that a possibility. But we need to have some uniformity. The, you can't have different rules in the state of Florida as it is in California, as in Texas. You just you can't have that from a competitive standpoint, in my view. Richard asks, what are your thoughts on the NFL possibility of getting rid of the Pro Bowl or at least uh, try some changes to it? Richard, you know, the Pro Bowl is one thing that really doesn't have much merit. But it's made some money, believe it or not. So anything that's going to make a nickel, the league is going to try to save. I don't have the answers to make the Pro Bowl better. Um, It's not competitive. uh, With the amount of money that you're making, remember Money's not the root of all evil, but it is, once you start to make money, like in college athletics, where's our part of it? The Pro Bowl used to be fairly competitive, the 70s, players weren't making a ton of money. The difference between making $20,000 or $10,000 for the winning team, that made a difference in the Pro Bowl. You think anybody, any players give a flip? They don't want to even play in a game. They don't even want the ten or twenty grand that they would get. It's just not enough money to, to to even want to compete and certainly if they're there to play hard. I'm not a big you know getting excited about skill challenges or anything like that. I don't think there's a real real way to save the quality of the game. I kind of thought that if they did anything differently. It seems like people like that, what do you call that award ceremony, the honors, NFL honors around the Super Bowl. And I get that's a good tie-in to the Super Bowl because everybody's there, but I don't know, maybe after the Super Bowl, I guess this would be hard to get everybody there, um, but just maybe have a, a location where it's a celebration of like an Academy Awards Uh, you have everybody there, and you really celebrate the season, and you give out the awards there. That way you can involve the people that are in the Super Bowl. But, I mean, how do you make the game better? Do you really want to see the game better? What if somebody has a great game in the Pro Bowl? Who cares? So what? I, I I don't really see much of it. So, I just think them trying to save it is just simply because it makes a few bucks. Figure out what they can do to make some bucks, get people interested. I think giving people access to players and giving them access. I mean, if they do play the game, maybe having the mics, you'd have to put it on tape delay and all that so you can bleed out the nasty words and all. But getting people an understanding of play calling in the process, that's something that might be of interest if you want to do it. Richard also asked about uh, Shane Beamer's comments, coach at South Carolina's on, we'd love to see scrimmages against different college teams in August. Uh, Yeah, um, I've been a big, first of all, Richard, I am someone that liked not necessarily scrimmages in August, but in the spring. I think having um, spring games against opponents. See, here's the thing about having some practices against other schools and scrimmages it's actually healthier because if you're going up against another team on a given play you got 11 guys on a play that potentially get injured and you're going up against one another there potentially 22 guys getting in. Just do the math. I think that if you're gonna have some control scrimmages I think doing it in the spring makes the most sense Uh, I think more than in August because I think you can get a lot more work done. I think you can maybe even have a spring game against someone. I think it would be interesting. You know, I don't have a lot of travel or anything. Make it local. But I think having that is something that I've always liked. But again, considering what we got going on in college football, um, that's probably the least of our concerns uh, at this point. Um, I'm going to end up with just kind of where we are in the examples of what's going on in recruiting now and what's the problem in college athletics with, as it relates to being a coach. Coaches, as much as they're having problems with NIL, they're not really dealing with it on a daily basis, but that's a part of it. As much as they're dealing with um, you know, the recruiting cycle that's all year round, the th- the biggest thing that's been added to their plate is dealing with the transfer portal as it relates to losing players off your team. You're now having to recruit your players on your team. And here's part of the issue of, and I deal with this, we deal with this in the NFL all the time. It's fiscal responsibility within the locker room. If you have certain players making a lot of money, players know it in the NFL, and there's a certain structure. Eventually, that's going to be an area that college coaches have never had to deal with, but are going to have to going forward, because what is going to happen is um, you're going to have the player that makes this amount of money, and then... You're you're basically, again, through the proper channels, promising a certain recruit a lot of money. And then all of a sudden, he's not even the best player at that position. And somebody else on the team is. Well, he's making X. I I should make more than him. He's not even starting. I've beaten him out. Where's that going to go? Well, you don't want to do it. I'm going to leave. You're getting this right now. You're getting... Coaches that are getting their position players coming to them saying, "Coach, I got so and so at another school. has contacted me, and said we can get an NIL deal worth this." And again, this is what's happening. You know, it's not a, maybe a coach is doing it, but you have know, somebody say, "Look, if you come to my, our school here, this is what you can get paid, and it's more than what you're getting paid there." And and so they're dealing with having to recruit and stabilize their own roster, which is something they've never had to do before. So this is, again, by not having rules, not having organization, it is created just a, a market that's just across the board. Hell, there's even in the stock exchange, there rules, for goodness sakes. This is just a complete chaos that no one has their hands around, no one even knows where it's going, and that's why there's a lot of frustration. There's frustration from those that see what other people are doing and where it's headed, and that's how we started the show, and a Nick Saban that is not happy with where the few, and you could say, well, he's headed his own way, he's had the power and control his own way, and now he may be losing it to some of the players, and he may lose players now, because he may not be the highest bidder, but there's also problems for the schools that are getting the money. You may say, "Well, it doesn't matter. We got all the money here at Old State U. That's great." You still got to manage it, and good luck trying to coach that defensive lineman who's got a four hundred, who's got a a uh, eight hundred to a million dollar NIL deal, and his coach is making three hundred fifty thousand a year. That's something they've not had to deal with before. It's what they deal with in the NFL. So one of the things that I've been busiest on is talking with a lot of college coaches is how do you guys do it in the NFL? How does a coach coach a player that's making maybe three, four times the money that he's making? How do you deal with it? How do you communicate it? How do you handle it? Um, It's all about being able to work together. And... Not everybody is going to be able to provide this type of money. I think universities are going to struggle because you're going to have a lot of people that give money to a university for whatever. They're going to say, hell with that. I don't care about another you know training room. I'm going to give the money so to get these players instead. Yeah, there's a lot of money that goes around in some places. But people that have a lot of money some are willing to spend it freely, but some want something in return. This is going to put some control into the boosters. Wait a minute. I spend this amount of money for this guy, and he's not even playing? And he's not any good? Wow, well, wait, you know, you're going to get that. We don't have that sample size right now. It's going to take years because those things are going to happen. It's inevitable. How do you deal with it? It's going to put a more pressure on a coach. You got, let's take AM. Whether they did everything right, whether they did everything wrong, there is 100 times more pressure on Jimbo Fisher today than it was before. And I think we're seeing it in some of his responses. Because if he doesn't win, I mean, 2022 is one thing. But by 23, 24, if he's not in the national playoffs, what is the narrative going to be? Best team money can buy, and he can't get it done. If they get it done, well, of course he got it done. Best team money can buy. He's really in a no-win situation. Whether it's true or not doesn't matter in today's world, unfortunately. It's what perception is. Perception is not reality, but perception is reality in the eyes of... Of most fans. Hey, it's been great catching up with you today. Again, we'll be back on June 15th. We'll check into what some of the audio problems were or not sure, uh, but we'll check and see. Hopefully, we can get it figured out for you and better for you. Check out LandryFootball.com. Keep up to date. All the latest NFL information, all the college information, um, all the breakdowns of all the teams, the players, the news and notes, the transfer portals in college recruiting, uh, kind of looking ahead to the season. Guys still available in the transfer portal. Um, you know, best position groups around the country in college and in the NFL. We've got all of that for you on a daily basis at LandryFootball.com. Try us out for a month. Very simple, less than ten dollars a month. If you try. Do, take it for six months or a year you get a better discount so check it out there also keep an eye out we'll keep you up to date as we get the uh, closer to the season we'll not only be doing this show for you but we will be doing uh, planning a special pay-per-view uh show following this um on a weekly basis at 12 noon central that will probably be 20 to 30 minutes long that'll be a little bit uh, juicier behind the scenes we'll have it all for you though It should be a lot of fun. Um, So, appreciate everybody joining us. Spread the word about LandryFootball.com and spread the word about the Landry Football Podcast, part of the No Filter Network. Appreciate you. Take care, everybody.
0: Plus.